When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. There has been a deliberate attempt across the Western world to intimidate those standing with the Palestinian people, those opposing, obviously, the great atrocities currently being committed. What's actually very perverse about that is this form of McCarthyism has targeted Jewish people, for example, in the name of protecting Jewish people. The world has been turned completely upside down. Now, with that in mind, I'm really delighted to be joined again by uh, Thomas Doughton-Dreyfus. We talked actually back in October, not long after all this, this particular round of Intense horror began. He's a brilliant German-Israeli writer. He's been involved um, in the peace movement um, in in Germany. Um, and what's happening in Germany is, I think a lot of people think it's particularly extreme, and it is, but it is symptomatic of what's happening in, in many different countries. So, Tom, it's great to be joined by you again. Hello. Hi, hello. Thank you for inviting me again. Um, I want to talk to you about a new development, I guess, which I think really is a warning, actually. And it, and it centres, for those who don't, uh, remember, there was um, a definition on anti-Semitism which was uh, formulated by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. The actual top definition itself, um, the actual key definition, I think, is something no one really had an objection to. I think various Jewish scholars who didn't think it was particularly, uh, you know, it didn't go into the proper detail of anti-Semitism, but it had a series of examples and two of them related to Israel. Just, do you want to talk about what's happening in the in, with that in mind? I just wanted to give a preamble about what we're talking about there, um, in terms of what the government, um, the authorities are planning in Germany. And hello, again, by the way. So, um, so what happens recently is that in the state of Berlin, um, the the cultural ministry has decided to make it mandatory for artists and. Uh, cultural workers to sign a certain clause um, agreeing to the guidelines of this definition. Um, this definition has been uh, weaponized and instrumentalized many times in the past uh, by right-wing governments, uh, far-right uh, organizations and groups um, to tackle or um, to silence uh, pro-Palestinian uh, activists, solidarity with Palestinian movements. Um, and this has come so far that even the, the person who actually drafted the def this definition of anti-Semitism has come, come, came forward in The Guardian four years ago and wrote a piece saying, uh, I drafted the, the definition that the right wing is now um, uh, instrumentalizing uh, for their agendas. And yet, um, there has been almost no debate uh, regarding this definition in the Berliner Senate. Um, there was no mention of uh, the, uh, the, um, the other option, the Jerusalem Declaration of Antisemitism, that was uh, drafted in 2019 as an opposition to, to this one, which, by the way, does not claim that, that, it's, uh, that there is no antisemitism in uh, in these movements, only that you cannot accuse them inherently of being anti-Semitic. Um, 
which is something that the fans of uh, uh, IRA definition are doing. Um, and what it creates is an atmosphere in which, um, well, in, in Germany, you do rely quite a lot on state funding. So if you don't sign that and as an artist and you, you're not eligible to get state funding, um, you might lose your livelihood, you might lose your income, uh, you might not be invited to certain institutions to do readings, exhibitions, and so on. People have already been uh, canceled based on that exhibitions and, and events. Um, but because it's a clause and not a law, it creates a situation where um, these institutes are policing themselves. Um, so, um, you know, they can always say, oh, we're not really limiting freedom of speech because it's not, we didn't make it illegal. Um, but they created a situation where you're just not going to be invited anywhere. Um, so in a way, it's limitation of freedom of speech de facto, but not de jure. Yeah. So what this does basically is you an artist, in, and I should say, by the way, there's loud building work going on, which is why I'm, I'm going to try to keep my questions relatively pithy to the delight of my audience, but also I keep silencing myself. Um, uh, which is relevant to the conversation we're talking about people being silenced um but in terms of yeah in terms of this artist that's that's this is the issue so you get we know throughout history artists often take a political stand art and politics are often things which interchangeable a lot of people's art is actually about expressing their passion about certain issues in society always has been um so this what this means in practice artists do rely on state funding and what they'll do is they'll worry they'll panic um about whether or not their careers, their livelihoods are at risk, so they won't speak out. And if they do, they're exactly. threatened with their livelihood being affected. Yeah, it, it creates a huge gray zone uh, in which uh, you just, you don't know if what you're saying is going to cost you your, your income or not, so you just prefer not to say it. And we've seen this a lot in recent years in Germany, um, when we look at how language is shifting around this topic, right? Um, there was a decision of the German parliament, the Bundestag in 2019, on um, state funding for um, uh, people who are in proximity of BDS. Um, and they've decided to, to take this funding away from, from people. But, the, you know, in, in, the, in this constellation, we have to ask ourselves, what is the meaning of the word proximity? What does it mean? The meaning is we don't have to even prove that you are a member of a BDS group. We can just rely on people who claim that you tweeted something. So it creates this whole atmosphere of uh, spying on your neighbors um, that um, uh, is not very fruitful for artists and for cultural workers to, to live in. Yeah. Or for example, a cultural center, a center in, in the neighborhood of Neukölln uh, it's a traditionally uh, neighborhood that has a relatively high percentage of uh, Palestinian refugees and uh, and other immigrants. Um, and there was a cultural center there that was shut down because of what they referred to as um, hidden anti-Semitism. By the way, because they agreed to host an event of the Jewish Voice for Peace. Um, so they were accused by the Cultural Ministry of Berlin, hidden anti-Semitism. And their funding was taken away and they had to shut down. And the, 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 the meaning of hidden in hidden antisemitism is exactly that. I don't have to prove any antisemitism because I'm talking about a hidden one. And so language in Germany is shifting around this topic uh, to, to a really worrisome degree, I think.
and just so people know bds i'm sure most people do but it's boycott directs and, and sanctions which is a movement yeah. which models itself on the anti-apartheid struggle in south africa um in terms of this is also about how who gets invited uh to events doesn't it so yeah. what happens is organizers maybe a festival or, or, or some sort of event they might invite uh certain writers and then they get disinvited and i know lots of writers this has happened to um who yeah and so yeah go for it sorry it happened also before this this clause on uh, was sealed on Monday. It happened to uh, Adania Shibli, a Palestinian author that uh, um, wrote a novel and won a prize in the Frankfurt Book Fair recently and was cancelled. I think we talked might have talked about that. Um, it happened to uh, an anthology of Arabic uh, poems translated to German event that was cancelled in Berlin. Uh, there is a lot. There is even even in the meantime. <laughs> an Instagram account called the Archive of Silence, where you can actually go and see all the events in Germany that has been canceled. Uh, forensic architecture were disinvited um, from a University of Aachen. Uh, forensic architecture is an organization uh, looking into specific uh, um, 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 ah, <laughs> events and looking at them from different angles and different perspectives to determine um, who done it and uh, and how um, and they researched uh, among other things also the the um, missile on the hospital at the beginning of the war that was unclear if it was Hamas or Israel and so on so they looked into it and uh, proved with their methods that it, it was Israeli um, an Israeli bombing um, so they got disinvited and so on and so forth there are many many examples of that I mentioned uh, I mentioned at the beginning the question of Jewish people who've been speaking out and throughout the Western world, actually, I mean, I mean, you can see this particularly in the US, I would say, a, young, a generation particularly of younger Jews who've, I, th I think, very much taken part of the leadership of the solidarity movement with the Palestinian people. Yeah. Obviously, there's always been uh, an overrepresentation of Jewish people in movements for liberation and social justice, which is something the far right particularly targeted Jews for in the early 20th century onwards. Um, yeah. And that continues to be the case today in, in movements in support of Palestinian liberation. But many of those Jewish voices are now being uh, targeted by this very McCarthyism. And that is happening in Germany, isn't it? That Jewish people are being targeted um, for um, in the name of protecting Jewish people. Yeah, look, the, the Germany has a very specific image of uh, what Jews are like or what Jews should be like. Um, that is uh, supporting Israel, maybe with a mild criticism, um, but not too much, um, and uh, looking in a certain way. Um, and once you doubt or, or break this image because of, for example, being too critical towards Israel or, um, you know, in any, any other way that they would imagine you'd be, um, then you're not even considered really Jewish anymore. I had, uh, which is really appalling how people, how Germans would explain to me, um, would send me messages and explain to me why the Jewish Voice for Peace are not really Jewish. That, which is um, anti-Semitic. I mean, that's completely wantonly anti-Semitic, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, this is, they, of all nations of the world, I think they should be the last ones to determine who's Jewish and who's not. Um, 
and and who has the right to speak for Jews and who's not. Um, but it, it's it's in all the state structure. There is only one organization in Germany that is allowed um, to represent Jews. The Central Committee for Jews in Germany, a very conservative organization, um, and others just don't have the same status. So, if we'd have many organizations, many, many Jewish organizations in the UK or in the US, in Germany, there's legally only one, um, and it's not democratically uh, elected, like the, the the president and and the gremium and so on. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, one particularly famous example centers on Masha Gessen, who is a uh, Jewish author of Russian heritage. Uh, I think U.S. Russian now, I think, citizenship. But um, can you just tell me a a little bit about that particular example? Because it blew up, obviously. Yeah, so Masha Gessen was supposed to get the Hannah Arendt Prize um, from uh, the city of Bremen and uh, the Heinrich Böll uh, Foundation, foundation that is close to the Green Party. Um, a party traditionally on the left of the political spectrum, debatable, but okay. Um, and the price was, they decided to to cancel uh, at least first the price, and then she, uh, they did get the price, but not a ceremony um, because of an article they wrote in the New Yorker where they compared Gaza to um Jewish ghettos in the Second World War. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And the argument was that this comparison is um inappropriate and we can't have that in our public discourse in germany to which they replied um that without comparing anything to it without um being able to to compare anything to the holocaust uh, we are actually taking the holocaust outside of history outside of time and if we set our goal um to never repeat it we have to be able to compare to it in order to realize that it did happen in history it did happen in on this planet um and because it did happen it can happen again and we have to identify certain processes uh, that might lead there so whether one agrees with the comparison or not i think their argument 
as to why it should be okay to compare to begin with um, is quite convincing. I should also do a quick apology there, because I think just to be, as you got their pronouns correct, Mash again in his non-binary and goes by the yeah. pronouns they then. I'm not sure if I use yeah. the correct pronouns, so just making sure I clarify that's obviously very important to get that correct. Um, in terms of just the irresponsibility of what's happening um, here, um, because anti-Semitism is real, very real, and it is rising. Um, yeah. And, you know, anti-Semitism is so woven into European culture in lots of ways people aren't often even conscious of. It goes back 2,000 yeah. years. Um, and we need to be able to have a term which there is a consensus over what it actually means. It's a, it's a matter of life and death. It's, it's a very yeah. grave and serious issue. So, I mean, this just strikes me as the height of irresponsibility to have a situation where the term anti-Semitism becomes redefined and is used to shut down legitimate critiques of Israel, and particularly at the moment, the current horror, when actually it has a, it should have a very precise meaning, which we all have to agree on because anti-Semitism is one of the great evils. Yeah, I think anti-Semitism should be uh, fought against. Um, and I think it's counterproductive uh, to um, to focus on the the movements in solidarity with, with Palestinians um, at the same time as the far-right party in Germany is crossing the 22% in the polls. Um, just of this morning, uh, people of this party have been... Uh, caught meeting with uh, neo-nazis and um and other and others uh planning a massive deportation of millions of people from germany once they take power um this is um it's crazy these are news that seem like they've been taken from the uh, end of the 20s the 1920s um you know where where they just planned on what's gonna happen when they take power but when you look at the polls this is not very far-fetched um, they are second biggest party in Germany, um, 14 points above uh, the uh, the SPD, the the German Labour, um, and and this is a threat. Anti-Semitism from the right wing is an actual threat to our livelihoods and to our being in Germany. Um, and at this time, to put a, a focus on. Uh, people mourning their families and friends who are being uh, killed in, in Gaza is uh, more than irresponsible. The idea that this is protecting Jews, an idea that unfortunately a lot of, a lot of Jews actually also believe in, um, is bizarre to me, I have to say. Um, because, you know, one day this is going to be over. Um, so only a question of time, but obviously they're going to be eventually a ceasefire and we are going to see all the pictures and all the horrors and all the videos from Gaza that uh, that are not being released now. Um, and on this day, you know, the world is going to realize what has happened and we don't want the, the struggle against anti-Semitism to be connected with um, with justifying those horrors. I don't think it's going to be good for Jews. And this is obviously just a secondary worry because I'm worried about what's happening in Gaza. But, um, you know, that's a topic we're talking about. 
Um, well, no, it's, it, it's important. I mean, the, I mean, yeah. obviously, it's still very important to talk about. I mean, just on that, in terms of the world turned upside down. I mean, well, we can see, can't we, the uh, regime of Viktor Orban in Hungary, which behaves in a gratuitously anti-Semitic way, where it is a blatantly anti-Semitic campaign about uh, censoring George Soros, uh, the yeah. Hungarian-born Jewish financier, on the basis that he's this kind of sinister Jew pulling the strings of the opposition, yeah. um, and and at the same time is a close ally of Israel, and uh, therefore, you know, can say, well, actually, we're not. How can we be anti-Semitic? We're big allies of Israel. And, and adopted the IRA definition of uh, anti-Semitism, as okay. well as the Trump administration and, and so on. I mean, on that, just I just I think it's such an important point you make about just the world turned upside down and how dangerous that actually is, because the far right is on the rise everywhere. There's every chance, by the way, Donald Trump will be back in the White House at the end of this year, um, which will be a huge boost for far right forces. But across the, you know, in Austria as well, the far right are, are leading in the polls. Uh, in France, there's it's not you cannot rule out the idea of Marine Le Pen becoming president in the next uh, election. Every election, she gets yeah. closer and closer. Um, we can see in, you know, all over Europe, various far right formations. So we end up with a situation where the claim is, well, the real racists, the real anti-Semites, the real threats to Jews are those on the left, those who stand in solidarity with Palestine, including Jewish people, um, instead of any focus on the far right, including in Germany itself, which yeah. I think maybe we could learn one or two lessons from the experience of the far right. Um, where the far right party is on the march, everyone should be focusing on that threat. And instead, we're talking about the left yeah. being the dangerous racists. And, and we've seen that. We've seen that happening. We've seen that happening in this country where the far right was organizing and getting ready to take control uh, in quite practical, uh, was having already practical plans. Uh, and and parliament and politicians were pointing a finger at communists and saying, well, they are the problem. Uh, look at them, look at what they are doing. We've, we've been in this movie before, we've seen it, uh, you know, and um, uh, I just wish it doesn't end the same way it ended last time that it happened. And ju ju just finally on that, you know, the German state is was responsible for the biggest crime committed against the Jewish people ever. I mean, obviously, it was the culmination of many centuries of horrible anti-Semitic you know, violence, pogroms and blood libel and all the rest of it, which Jews suffered for many centuries in many different European countries. But it really was the, obviously the culmination of all of that. Um, two thirds of European Jews exterminated. And as well, and I don't, I'm not saying this because I believe in collective guilt. Collective guilt is a very dangerous thing to believe and you should never believe in it. So I don't mean in terms of acting upon this, but it is a historical fact that most of the German people, historically, the research suggests, knew about the Holocaust when it was happening. Now, as a consequence, you know, the German state has said we have a specific historical responsibility because of what happened in World War II. And in, in a sense, you can't argue with that. I mean, you can see that you should act yeah. if you're going to, you know, you're going to have if you're going to be responsible as a state for such an unbelievably horrendous crime, then you should draw lessons and act on them. But that but it's, what they've done, I would argue, or lots of people would argue, is say, well, we're going to make other people pay the price for what the German state did. What do you think about yeah. that? I think that they are very good in in um, in remembering and re and reparations as long as they don't really have to pay the price for it. Um, they are not the one that have to give up um, 
land they're not the ones who have to you know even when they gave money you know even in the reparations agreement from the 50s um it was money to israel so that israel can buy weapons and infrastructure from the german industry was boosting the german industry and in return israel promised them that the holocaust survivors in israel would not be eligible to sue germany independently so um it was a very messy very dirty um uh, deal um and they are on the one hand presenting themselves as world champions of of memory and memory culture and all this kind of stuff on the other hand, they have turned memory culture into the, the, the realm through which they can find their nationalism again. German nationalism today is around uh, supporting Israel. It's around uh, this historical um, responsibility and their, their interpretation of it. Um, and one could also say that, you know, because it's not very legitimate to, to um manifest german nationalism after the second world war they're doing it through israel they're waving the israeli flags there because you know israel is the, the the country of the victims so how can they be wrong i think it's really powerful stuff and uh, you know as we discussed i think obviously things are particularly extreme um in germany at the moment and we need to be calling this out um i do think it's a you know the world in which we live the real dangerous hateful extremists are those who oppose a mass slaughter and yeah. you, the, the people of moderation are the ones who support a mass slaughter which has killed at this point over ten thousand yeah. children let alone so many other innocent civilians um but it's so important that we talk about this and you're you're the voice of people like yourself tom is, is so important right now and you speak with such people are going to get sick of me using this term because i keep using it in all, probably every video i do but moral clarity and moral clarity is more clarity is so important at a time like this, it really is. Yeah. Um, and you've spoken with huge more clarity, um, which I hugely appreciate. So uh, please, for those watching or listening, whatever for whatever medium you're watching this or listening on this, and please like, uh, subscribe, share this video. But Tom, as ever, thank you so much uh, for your voice. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.